Welcome to Future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, and together we'll explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Future of XYZ is presented in collaboration with Rhode Island PBS. Hello, and welcome to this week's second to last episode of 2023. Uh, Future of XYZ today is super happy to have uh, the amazing Chris Deaver uh, with us speaking about an important topic for end of year and future year reflections the future of bravery. Chris, welcome to Future of XYZ. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. Um, well, it's it's great to have you here. I mean, you have a lot of experience. I mean, you you have two degrees, including one in animation from uh, Brigham Young in, in y- your home state of Utah, even though you're now in California. Uh, you obviously were a senior HR executive, both at Apple and uh, at Disney during the Pixar years. You've consulted with many of the Fortune 500 companies. You've co-founded a, a, a leadership consultancy for largely for creatives and executives. Uh, you co-host a podcast, um, and you both most recently, um, literally like two days ago, released a new book um, that you co-authored with your founder at um, BraveCore, your consultancy called Brave Together. Um, so that's why we're talking about the future of bravery. Um, First of all, congratulations. Uh, McGraw-Hill is no, no joke as a publisher. But as you think about bravery um, as a topic and in, in, in light of this book that you've just published, uh, what does it mean to you? How do you define it? Thank you. Yeah. First of all, it's it's great to be here with you. And I appreciate the the, the glowing intro. Uh, I'll, I'll try to live up to it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, I, and I will say, I, I will claim uh, you know, both California and Utah. I, I spent a lot of my early years in California, but I definitely have spent a, a, a fair amount of time in Utah as well, and uh, and I appreciate the uh, you know the uh, you know the take on just overall what I've tried to do in my career, um, and just I think getting at the heart of of bravery, I I believe this I say it's synonymous. It's not synonymous with the future, but it definitely is something that is uh, it belongs in in the heart of the future. And what what is it exactly? Um, you know it. It, it, it's it's reaching inside of ourselves. First of all, breaking free from fear. You know, most of us have this conscious or subconscious sense of of fear about uh, whatever given time in our lives. Right? We may have a major thing happening. You know, we may be struggling with some financial thing, um, or just wondering about or worrying about you know some unknown or unknown thing. And bravery is just taking a step out of that. It's taking the step out of uh, you, know, m- you know, mulling over or worrying or trying to, you know, kind of stay in that place of, uh, yeah, fear. I think it's just first breaking out of that. It's a, it's a, in a world that's as chaotic as one could imagine it being, um, and much less now adding the holidays onto it. Um, stepping out of fear is, is, is a big deal, but it has longer term repercussions also. The, the subtitle of this book that you just wrote, Brave Together, is lead by design, spark creativity, and shape the future with the power of co-creation. It's a bit of a mouthful, um, but what do all of these kind of topics have to do with bravery and and breaking through that fear? Yeah. So you know, when we look at, at breaking out of fear, the process, usually, it leads us to braving, right? Or being brave. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I think we're we're blessed at a time to see opportunity, 
in a, in a lot of places, at least many of us. Um, I mean, there's still parts of the world that, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, struggle, struggle more than others, uh, with some of the basics, but by and large, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to pursue dreams and try to accomplish things that you know, we haven't done before big ideas, uh, and, and that's being brave. Right. And, and I think especially in the Western world, we've been encouraged to pursue those things. And, uh, you know, sometimes with just pure hustle, you know, work, work harder, work smarter. Uh, and, and, th- and those are, I think those are, those are good things because they're, they're pulling, they're, they're uh, moving us forward and getting us out of the fear, uh, and being brave. But the limitations of that are if we're braving it alone, uh, you know, what, what we know about any great band, right? You two, they transcended time. Uh, you know, o- over the course of the years, they would just keep reinventing themselves, right? Bono says in his book uh, about, um, or he talks about you know, uh, birth, you know, death, and rebirth of the band. He saw it that way. Yeah. And, you know, uh, of course, you know, there, there was a few moments along the way, there was, you know, some sidesteps to discotheque. I think they made a formal apology for that a- album. But, <laughs> you know, by and large, you have, where you know where 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 people have done amazing things, uh, you know Steve Jobs would say it's always a team, right? Uh, and great great sports teams, right? The Warriors, when they're having their their, their better years, uh, have <laughs> been a team, right? And it's usually it usually also shows up to some degree very selfless, right? Or very connected uh, and and about others as well. And that we believe is the future, right? Which is uh, being brave together. And so the elements of that are, you know, doing it by design as leaders, uh, creativity has a big part in that. You know, we ask ourselves or so Ken Robinson, right? One of the most viewed Ted talks of all time. It was, it just skill, the schools kill creativity. Well, we would ask a similar question, which is really why do businesses kill creativity? We don't have to ask if they do or don't, we know they have, you know, for a while. Right. Um, (laughs) and, and yet that's so innate in us. Right, we have an identity to be creative, um, and so that's a big. And then, then the last is just co-creation. That that that's a force, a multiplier for the future. Yeah, I love that as a multiplier. And I want to come back to the topic of co-creation in a bit. But you just said something um, about business killing creativity, our kind of innate sense. And of course, you know, we 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 all know that there's this reshaping or reforming of what work is uh, in light of the pandemic and post-pandemic and work from home, especially for white collar jobs, right? Um, kind of uh, in the Valley where you are and New York City where I am, et cetera. So I, I think that's always an important question as we look. But what we are really talking about, it seems to me, in that toxicity of what is corporate, you know, you, you've been in two organizations that in fact did not only kill creativity, they have made multiples on, you know, on, on, on investment based on elevating creativity. So I, I think that's a cultural conversation. And you describe yourself as a culture shaper in general, as well as a leadership coach and 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 people leader, obviously. So what is this kind of like, what does culture look like today? And 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 why does it actually matter? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the context you just set because you know, one of the challenges when we look at psychology, uh, things always start with a premise or philosophy, you could say too, really philosophy. And based on that first stepping stone, we start to build the rest of what comes next. And unfortunately, 
you know, we, we live in a, we have lived in a world over the course of decades, centuries. Uh, now, granted, there's been progress, right? Industrial age, information age, we had the knowledge worker, so we went from manual worker to knowledge worker. And, and yet, uh, and, 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 you know, a focus on efficiency, focus on effectiveness. Uh, and yet the, the limitations of that are uh, the premise was really about numbers, right? And uh, targets, and, and those aren't bad things. It's just, they're not, uh, they're, they're not the leading, they're, they're not the upstream work that has to be done to create those, right? So like Einstein would say, you have to, you know, there's, there's higher order answers to solutions or to problems we've, we're dealing with. And so I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the idea being, what is the premise of the future, right? Because we see those things not working, right? We see the squeeze for efficiency. And what happened was we had a pandemic that shook people's foundations, but in such a way where it, 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 it centered them too, right? On what matters in life. Well, yeah, there was maybe freedom in it, freedom from fear in some ways. At the same time, there was so much fear. Right. And then speaking for myself, it's like, well, maybe it's not a two hour commute each way to work. You know, when I map that out, it's about a month of driving, it's like 24 hours, right? Per year. And it's less the environmental impact of that as well. Right. It's horrendous. And then what it does to your, you know, psyche, it's like, okay. And then you're spending time away from friends or family uh, that you, you know, so I think there's that shift towards hybrid, towards remote, uh, and, you know, or some combination depending on the organization. But the main point is, is, creativity as a premise, respecting and honoring people's cre creative identities. This has not been a starting point that leaders have, have, have really looked at. But the, the ironic thing is, is the companies, the brands, the cultures that these leaders, these same leaders across industries admire the most, the Apples, the Pixars, the Nikes, they've been doing this for a really long time, right? So now the world's kind of catching up with that. But it's it, we have to we have to go to the premise and and this, the worst thing would be to say, oh, well, a culture is a great sticker. Let's just put it on everything, right? It's like no, it's not it's not a sticker, uh, right? It's, it's, it's something really deeply embedded that is and to your point. It's philosophical, right? Right, and design and creativity, these should be the heartbeat. I mean, what what did Steve Jobs do when he got back to Apple? He put the design team, right, Johnny Ive and you know the the Jedi, uh, uh, you know Evans, all these people that. You know, and and they weren't very many. It was a small team, right? About twenty, uh, give or take, and they fit around a table. That was the philosophy. But you could feel their presence. They were reverenced. Uh, but more than anything, it was the spirit of design that was that's and it's to this day, right? It's reverenced at Apple. That's true at Disney with Imagineers. Uh, you know, Nike has their designers, and so I think those are some things you say. Well, wow, they're doing it, but they're also even engineers are thinking from a more design-centric approach in those places. And that helps a lot. It's, 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 it sparks something. I, you know, I've recently taken on this role as managing director of IF Design, which runs one of the world's most prestigious design awards. And we were doing listen and learns recently. And the former CEO of Reebok in this room of very high-powered designers said something that really struck me, which is, you guys are the ones that make it so that we have any business to do. Without design, there's nothing to sell. Um, and I think, you know, again, elevating design to the center of a culture 
to the creativity at the center of a, a of a corporate culture is is a unique philosophy in many many organizations today. But I think you're right that everyone's having to kind of flex those muscles if they want to survive and thrive. Definitely, definitely. I, I just saw there's a, a, a Facebook Reel video, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, which you know, Shark Tank, take it as you will. I'm, I'm more of a believer in dolphins. Uh, they're more collab- <laughs> more collaborative and cooperative. But it was interesting because he's in this state of shock, right? Where he says in the video, he's like, I, I would always say, you know, hire, here's how you hire engineers, engineers, engineers. And he said, now the, all of these designers and artists are charging these prices and they're, and they're, they get constant work. And now granted, that's not always it, but the fact is, is it is a skill set that is in high demand because the future is we talk about being more creative in the context of a company. Well, yeah, but why is it more creative? Because we are at a place and a you know in a journey as a civilization in the world where, well, once you get the kind of the basics and the structure set, the platforms, well, of course, people are going to want them to be aesthetically pleasing and human, right? And connect with with uh, what Steve would say, you know, makes our heart sing, and, mm-hmm. and we want that. Yeah. Um, in these corporate experiences, I mean, it's it, those are two major, major blue chip companies. They're large organizations that you've worked at, both Apple and. Disney, Pixar. What did these in-house experiences teach you about bravery? Well, I think one of the things that really stands out was that, and this is a bit surprising because, you know, most often the leader would think, well, bravery is just jumping right in, right? Especially like they're kind of that, you know, that frontline, you know, militaristic, I'm going to run, I'm going to run through the, you know, and, and, and they'll have the answers, right? Uh, what we what surprised me was so we had a conversation with Ed Catmull who started Pixar, and you know he shared that when he first started he's a smart guy he's a PhD right so he has every reason in the world to have kind of the book full of answers at any time right he's the Yoda you press the wisdom dispenser and it just starts dumping information that's that's how I assumed this is you know these things are going to go, and we met with him and uh, you know he shows up we're at the Lazy Dog restaurant in Cupertino and. He comes in with his bow shirt, you know, bow of the short film shirt, and he sits down, you know, salt pepper mustache, got the little glasses, and and he just starts listening and asking questions. And this was like a thirty minute meeting in my mind. It was I mean, we we, play, we didn't want to take up, you know, turns into three hours, and he is just listening and asking great questions. And at one point, I said, "What's your leadership philosophy?" Because I, I was thinking, like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Because I, I thought Yoda was going to do what Yoda does, right? Um, no, he said, uh, "I've." I lead with a question, and we saw that as that's a fu- that's a premise, you know, for the future. That's a principle, and we call it a meta principle in the book uh, because it's a frame for building first principles for whatever culture you're building, even in your life. Uh, but as a leader, you lead with questions, you know, leading with answers. You don't empower people. You know, they come back and you're just that that vending machine, right? Um, leading with questions creates brave space. Right where people feel empowered, uh, they become leaders themselves, and this is what's happened right with their culture. Uh, they have a culture of brain trust, and it's it's just you know it, it works very well. I, I I think it's interesting. You you have a your podcast is actually called that lead with question. Um, it's it's premised in you know the curiosity that I have, which is how future of X Y Z came a, a, along, which is like let's talk about. This, a subject, you know, and dive deep with the subject matter experts. So I think there's a lot to it. Um, what are kind of 
if we think about as we move in the last kind of few minutes, uh, five minutes or so to to the future, um, what are the most important lessons that you took away from this as concerns, you know, where the world needs to go? Yeah, absolutely. I think in the context of, again, being brave, it's created, you know, we talk about safe spaces and, and those are good. Um, brave spaces, I think, are those where, you know, and first of all, I'd say, safe space would be, hey, it's pathos. It's, you know, we get to show up with our hearts as well as our minds. Uh, Brave space is we're doing those things, heart, mind, but also principles. So we're aligning on these things that are timeless. And, you know, there's something about, you know, we get in the state of flow, right? Any any of us do art or design uh, or even, you know, writing or a sport, or skiing, which I don't do very well. So I don't get in a state of flow there. I'm just crashing in the mountain. But for those that do, uh, you get when you get in a state of flow, you feel something and you're outside. It's What happens is you, you step outside of time. And that's a powerful thing. And in work, we have not tapped it. This is untapped territory. Uh, when we see the great teams playing, they look like there's they're almost one being, like a flock of birds, right? Uh, the Navy SEALs, they talk about this flow. It's a, it's a, sh- it's a shared flow really. Um, and they don't need, they don't know, they don't know how to hire for it. They don't know how to explain it. It's just like, okay, everybody is just moving like one. Uh, and so in, in our work, this is a, something I think we've, we've discovered, you know, Brave with Brave Corps and in this book, Brave Together is there is so much potential to shape the future in a co-creative way when we are in this state of shared flow. And why not in meetings, right? Why not show up and have kind of your building blocks in mind and then with the magic, uh, you know, revelation happens, right? Something that wasn't there before. So it's not just an agenda exchange uh, or just sharing tasks. It's creating something inspirational that can emerge. And that's what happens uh, in, in the best cultures. So I, I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. I think in so many contexts, you know, that, that could uh, really make a difference uh, in the world. You just were talking about the fact that like even someone like the Navy SEAL doesn't totally know how to hire to get this group flow, if you will. Um, I think one of the things that's really interesting is like bravery is a character trait, right? I mean, like courage Um, in this crazy, chaotic, often seemingly collapsing world. um, It's probably more important than ever that more people have this character trait. Is there a way that you can teach or train or hone bravery? Like, is it possible? And if so, yes, yes. Uh, I love that question. So the paradox is, you know, and I think we go down back to the path of a traditional methods, optimization of brave or braving it alone would say, well, you just keep grinding and hustling and right doing those things. But, you know, watch after you, you know, turn the dial and get it to a certain hour, you can only get it so perfect, right? Until it's all right on the second. So that kind of maxes out. But the point of like, what is beyond for us uh, in this space of being brave? I think the answer really is going deeper to expand out further, right? We talk about meditation, transcendental meditation, transcendental prayer, whatever you want to do. When you, And grounding, right? In nature, uh, sound bath. I, ha- I had an experience with one of those and uh, it blew my mind, right? I feel like I got decluttered uh, psychologically. There's these things that uh, will bring us into our core, but also specifically about 
you know, whatever challenges or pain that's just been harboring there. And we've had a lot of pain collectively. We're talking, uh, you know, global culture or, or you know, in the United States or other places, there's been a lot of pain. And individually, there's been pain for people. And so, you know, one of the ways to really expand our bravery is to turn that pain, you know, and then the world would say, well, no pain, no gain. But to me, that equation says, well, I got to go chasing pain. Really? I got enough pain for right. you know, today and for now. Uh, so, but how do I convert that pain into power, right? That can fuel my future. And how do I do that collectively with others? And, you know, things like forgiveness, right? These are powerful, right? You, you, you can, you know, you want to be more powerful than you can ever imagine. Well, forgive somebody, uh, you know, find, find that path to a higher kind of transcendent being, uh, Victor Frankl, who was in you know, the Nazi death camps, he talks about, and he took it a step further, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. At one point he said it needed a revision. He said, I missed this part that there's actually beyond self-actualization. And, and this is something that, you know, we look across the zeitgeist and what people are doing out there. And I said, well, there, there, most people were, I say many people were in pursuit of self-actualization, but he would say, he, he said later, he said, it deserved a revision. It should be self-transcendence. And, uh, and Victor Frankl echoed that. He said, that's where, you know, the future really is. And I think, yes. So we, as we go deeper, we can start changing the world from within. Mm-hmm. And as we do, we'll have that, you know, kind of influencer power to be more brave in the context that really matter to us and others. Oh, there's so much there. And I mean, I, I have, I have two last questions, Chris, for you. Um, I, I could unpack that last answer quite a, quite a ways, but, um, we're in this kind of cusp and one some could argue we are past the cusp of AI generative technologies starting to be our co-creators. Um, and I think for now, at least we still have that human plus AI being kind of the winning formula. Hopefully it stays that way. In the next five to 10 years, given that, what do you see as kind of the future of bravery uh, and courage in, in, in light of what you're talking about in partnership with with technology. Yeah. Whenever we talk about the future, I always think about the movie Interstellar, um, you know, Chris Nolan. Uh, I, 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 I watch this movie regularly. Uh, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. It's, it may be an addiction, but the main <laughs> point is, is, you know, well, and to go back to get set some context for this, Matthew McConaughey uh, for d- during an Academy Award ceremony, about the time this movie came out, uh, they asked, he said a young man had asked him, you know, "Who are your mentors?" And he assumed he's going to say, you know, some big Hollywood name. And Matthew said, "It's me in ten years." Mm. And at the time, I didn't really understand what he was talking about until I saw this movie, right? And and when we see it, it's like, oh, he's in the future and he's pulling his past self into the future, right? In the, in the best way possible. And of course, he's having a debate with himself too. But the point is, is oh, and there's and there's also an emotional element, right? Which is, uh, you know, Doctor Brand would say, you know, love transcends right uh, time, um, you know, gravity as well. But the idea is, I think, okay, how do we, both individually, what's our best future, us, and then as a collective or cultures, you know, if, if it's if a culture was a self. So I think about these, you know, like apples, you know, kind of at its, what, 40s or whatever. It's like, okay, it's got like, you know, kind of life is kind of in a rhythm. It's got some kids or it's just, it's got things more figured out. You know, uh, Disney was an older, it's got more of a grandfatherly, you know, type, <laughs> grandmotherly type company. 
Um, but Pixar helped disrupt some of that and, and made it kind of modern. Um, but you have cultures that could really benefit from a view of, of that future self. Say, so what is that future self? And if we ask ourselves too, you know, in the world itself more broadly, right? Like, what do we really want to see? I think Martin Luther King Jr. gave one of the best descriptions of that future. And what most people don't know about that that story, right? That experience uh, on the steps of uh, the Lincoln Memorial was that this was a co-created moment. Um, he came to the pulpit. He actually had some notes uh, prepared, but as he's sitting before that, he spontaneously uh, wrote some uh, some other notes that he actually ended up using. And as he started to get into this rhythm, uh, there was a point in time, it's barely noticeable in the video, but you can hear a voice, uh, a woman by the name of Mahalia Jackson, who's a gospel singer. And she she was well known at the time on the, on the billboard charts for, uh, for different songs. And she says at one point, uh, and he's starting to kind of get settled right into a rhythm and she says martin tell him about the dream mm-hmm. tell him about the dream and that's when he that's when he goes into i have it. i have a dream and the dream that he the picture that he paints is both the real of the struggle that he and all of these people and collectively us were facing but then the ideal future that's in some ways fulfilled but it's still unfulfilled right but it's a bright beautiful future filled with hope and what does it require the bridge from here to there well it's to be brave and the only way to do it is together wow um i'm gonna close um chris because i think that's a pretty hopeful uh ending but um the former ceo of best buy who now teaches at harvard wrote about this book the leadership we need in the future is not about command and control or maximizing shareholder value it's about inspiring hearts, unleashing human magic, and building purposeful organizations together. If, like I do, you believe this, you must read Brave Together, as you will find that is such a helpful guide on this journey. Um, thank you for sharing with us on Future of XYZ today uh, what your thoughts are on bravery and why it's so important for our collective future. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been great to be here. Um, well, everyone, uh, the book came out on Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. Uh, you can find it wherever you order your favorite books. It's called Brave Together by Chris Deaver uh, and Ian Clausen, his, his co-founder and, and, and co-author. Uh, for everyone watching, if you don't already know, you can listen to us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. And you can also watch this video on YouTube at our presenting partner, Rhode Island PBS ripbs.org forward slash xyz we look forward to seeing you in two weeks time for our last episode of 2023 the 115th overall of future of xyz Uh, make sure to follow us on instagram and leave us a five-star review thank you again chris happy holidays and uh, stay brave thank you thank you too